the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Greg Kelly Show. I'm looking at the news right now, and uh, nothing really that big going on, but... uh, I'm told that, according to New York One, city leaders are touring a migrant facility where the migrants are being housed in Queens. City leaders. City leaders. Leaders. That is really a stretch, huh? Leaders. Leaders. Oh, How about just attention-seeking you-know-what? Attention. Well, I'm going to say a bad word now. Whore. Who said, who prefaced it that way? Huh? Rocky. Rocky did when he was walking with that little girl. Yo, your brother know you speak like that? Uh, city leaders, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Who are the... All he does is look around for cameras. That's all he does not care about what he was elected to do. Remember to fix the crime situation. It is out of control. But the national media really don't care about that. They're downplaying it. Uh, because it's a vulnerability for Democrats, so they pretend it doesn't happen. And if it's not, if they don't care about it, well, why would, what's his name, Eric Adams care? Because he's in it just for the fun. He's in it for the attention. Okay, you don't want me talking about that? I'll talk about, uh, yeah, migrants. Yeah, migrants. Uh, we need more coordination with the governor of Texas. Yeah. Uh, what a what a lost opportunity. You know, what, this is the biggest thing that's ever come this guy's way. And he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. Wow. It's a shame. I really am worried about our city, about our state. And is, are the, is the establishment so, so firmly kind of ensconced there, right, that Kathy Hochul is just going to get this? I don't think so. I just can't. I, no, I'm not. No, it can't happen. And Kathy Hochul is not agreeing to a debate. How dare she? How dare she? I mean, a legitimate debate. She wants to debate on a Friday night on New York One, which I'm sorry. I I worked there 20 years ago. It was a great place, but it's just not relevant anymore. Nobody cares. I mean, it's like less than Channel 13. It's And Channel 13's got some good shows. New York One, all right. Lee Zeldin, you got to help Lee Zeldin. And uh, I'm even going to say you got to probably help that Michael Henry. I told you yesterday, I'm not impressed, but you know what? A hell of a lot better than uh, Letitia James. What she did earlier this week is down- downright criminal, possibly. Here's Lee Zeldin, cut 25. And I don't believe that one hour at the very end of October, over a month after voting has started, that a single debate does this process any justice or respect. New Yorkers reject the idea of just one single debate at the end of October, a debate, by the way, that millions of New Yorkers won't even be watching on their own TV screens. Yeah, it should be on regular TV, free TV that everybody can get, like Channel 11, Channel 2, Channel 5, Channel 7, regular TV. Channel 1, is it Fios? Is it Time Warner? What is it now? Spectrum? It's some... Cable company. Who has a lot of people don't have cable, and I'm saying that as a cable news guy. All right, I wish they did, but a lot don't. Lee Zeldin, congressman from Long Island, Iraq War veteran. He is ready for this, and she's scared. Cut twenty six. We in the media have to do something about this. Cut twenty six. 
So I'm calling on Governor Hochul, come out of hiding. You were shamed into agreeing to this one debate at the end of October. And I call on the media Yeah. at this point. You know that if this is how Kathy Hochul will act today, when she's actually competing for votes of New York voters, imagine what type of accessibility issues you will have with her after November if she was given a four-year term. Yeah, something to think about. Uh, who's big in local news these days? I mean, uh, you know, we used to have Gabe Pressman. Yeah, we used to have Mar- Marsha Kramer's running around. And, of course, we got the legendary Rosanna Scotto. Um, but as far as, like, the political reporters pounding the pavement, holding these guys accountable, nope, don't have that anymore. Uh, let's see here. Lee Zeldin, one more, cut 27. My first idea was to have at least five debates to have debates throughout the state, to have at least two in the New York City media market, to have one in the Capital Region media market, to have one in the Buffalo or Rochester media market, and to have one in one of the other media markets. And as I've said consistently, I'd be happy to have a debate in every media market. The governor's counteroffer is to have just one debate the very end of October, over a month after absentee ballots start going out. And I reject that. Well, good for you. You know, look, uh, the incumbent usually gets to dictate the terms a little bit when it comes to debates, all right? You don't want to necessarily debate all that much when you're the incumbent, especially if you're a little bit ahead in the polls or a lot ahead. I don't think – I think it's about even at this point, and people are starting to pay attention. Uh, but you got to debate. I mean, like that guy said in Goodfellow, you got to go home. Come on. What's right is what – hey, what's what's right is right. And uh, Kathy Hochul has got to – she has no respect for us. No respect. Joe Biden has no respect for us. You know, MAGA people, he thinks we, uh, we're we all haters, right? We're all racists. We're all bigots. We're all uh, white supremacists. You know that's not true. Somehow he's convinced himself or the people around him have manipulated him into thinking that. You know, it's one thing. You know, he says uh, hate has no harbor in America. And that sounds great for a moment. But then you uh, you see who he's accusing of being hateful. Anybody who voted for Trump, MAGA Republicans, you guys are hateful. You guys should be somehow, what, canceled? What, do you, what does that mean? We have no safe harbor. What does that mean? I understand now, hate's, hate is bad, but you're saying people who voted for Trump are hateful, anti-Democrat, threats to democracy, all that stuff. So maybe that's why that 18-year-old kid in North Dakota got run over. Yeah, that happened. A little 18-year-old kid, what was his name? Kaler Ellingsford, is that his name? Kaler Ellingsford, 18 years old. Some maniac ran him over because he was wearing a Make America Great Again shirt, I'm sorry, hat, ran him over. And maybe also whoever did it listens to the news, right? And here's things like Joe Biden say this all the time, cut 31. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represented extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Yeah. Idiots are going to believe you, Joe. You know, you didn't say white supremacists and neo-Nazis are a threat to the republic. And by the way, in a, in a way, I mean, I can't stand those guys. They're ridiculous. They're horrible. They should be banished. I don't like neo-Nazis. I don't want to have anything to do with them. But there are like two of them in America, and I think they're in prison. All right. They don't pose all that much of a threat, but you have confused the issue. You've done it deliberately or they manipulated you because you're, let's face it, you know, 
look, I know some 95-year-olds who are totally with it and on it and whatever, but you're 79 and you're not. You don't get it. You've been, you know, there's a reason why telemarketers call up old people, older Americans, and try to take advantage of them. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes, you know, they can, well, well, you know, a little bit of decline and a little bit of dementia, and you can get these people signing up for uh, magazines uh, that don't exist or, uh, you know, buying stuff that uh, is basically scams. And I think that that's what's happened here to to Joe. Anyway, uh, I'm not down. I'm not down at all. I think it's going to be an amazing midterm, even though people like... Kevin McCarthy and the establishment Republicans, they don't know what to do. They came out with this new, it's not a contract with America. What is it? A covenant with America, a promise to America. It's a, it's a half-assed version of the contract with America that came out in 1994. Uh, but, you know, Newt Gingrich was behind that. Newt Gingrich, intellectual powerhouse, a man of ideas. You know, he really was about po- policy. And 10, 10% maybe of his life was politics. Now it's flipped. 90% politics for these guys, 10% policy. So Kevin McCarthy is really kind of weak, and this whole thing is weak. You know, you, we can't count on them. You know what you can count on. Number one, we don't have to count on anything. We don't need some messaging gimmick. We know in our bones how screwed up everything is. And we just, we know it. We know it in our gut, intuitively. And if we sit down and we think about it, we, we don't have to think very hard. We know crime is out of control, all right? We know inflation. Inflation. We've taken everybody's taken a real hit. Gas prices. Gas prices. Huge problem. The supply chain is still screwed up. And if you're, if you're having a debate this weekend with somebody, remember my, my, my trusty mnemonic device, okay? It's liberal plus chaos equals Biden. Liberal. Plus chaos equals Biden. And uh, I'll start with the Biden part. Biden, no border. I, inflation. D, uh, disunity. He promised us unity. Remember that? He's tearing this country apart. E is for energy. His silly fixation on electric cars and gas prices up. And N, the N in Biden stands for no respect. No respect. We have lost our command position in the world. The C. Biden plus chaos. What does the chaos stand for? C is for crime. H is for Hunter. Hunter Biden, they go around indicting or uh, suing Donald Trump. (laughs) Six weeks before the election, they're suing Donald Trump. Hunter Biden has been free and clear for how long? Isn't he he supposed to be under investigation? When are they going to have a big press conference about Hunter Biden? All right, so there's Hunter. Uh, The A in chaos is for Afghanistan. Yes, Afghanistan. We lost. I'll never forget it. I can't believe it happened. I can't. I still thought I was dreaming when I saw it. I literally thought I was dreaming. Remember when you had that big plane on the runway, on the tarmac, and all the people were running next to it? Like, a th- So I've been a pilot how, since I was 21 years old. That's the first time I ever soloed in an airplane by myself. 21 years old. I, I love flying. And I've been in and around airports all my life. For 10 years, I was a full-time pilot. uh, Nine years. Full-time with the Marine Corps. Every single day, just about getting ready to fly, flying, uh, recuperating from a night flight. Aviation was my life. I have never seen 10,000 people surrounding a plane on a runway. Have you? I've never seen anybody hang on to a plane and fall off it on television. Have you? 
I heard about it once happening in the 1970s. Some would-be hijacker crept in, snuck into the landing gear well, and froze to death up there. I never saw anything like that. I thought I was dreaming. When I first saw it, I thought I was dreaming. This can't be happening. But it happened. We lost. It's actually true. I really thought to myself, it's one of the, am I dreaming? There's one other time I had that feeling where I was awake and I thought, like I seriously thought I was dreaming. It was in 1991. I was uh, up, I was flying a plane. It was at night. It was in East Hampton, East Hampton Airport. My brother and I went out there for a, some sort of party. I don't really, I think it was a bachelor party. And uh, back then, I was Mr. Dudley Do-Right, did not have a drop of alcohol, uh, did not participate in the, fest- the festivities. And uh, when it was time to go, go home, we, uh, we fired up the plane. That was kind of half the fun, was taking the plane. I rented a plane. This is not like a corporate jet or anything like that. It cost like 40 bucks an hour, and I rented this plane from Farmingdale Airport, and I flied out to East Hampton. And it's nighttime, and I'm taking off in the plane with my brother, and then all of a sudden— I can't, I, what? I see animals. I see animals as I'm rolling down the runway. I've never seen animals outside of a zoo or a dog in my entire life. What are these animals? Am I dreaming? Anyway, it turned out that they were deer. That's a big problem out there. I didn't know about it. Bam, bam, bam. I hit three of them. Uh, eventually got the plane airborne. So I thought we were dreaming. Uh, anyway, it really happened. Uh, Afghanistan, we lost that. What's the 04? Oh, yeah, the obscene obsession that they have getting children to talk about sex and gender and all that stuff. Um, that's real. That's real weird. That's that's totally that's totally crazy. Uh, let's see. Liberal, liberal, liberal. He's a liar. He's um, what was the I for? He's insane. <laughs> he's a liar. Uh, he's uh, bizarre. He's erratic. Um, and he's a racist. The R in liberal, I gotta, actually, I gotta review these. He is a racist. He is. Uh, he has no respect for people of color. None. What did he tell Charlemagne to God? If you got a problem, if you got a question, if you're, you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. He should never, he should have had to have resigned, uh, surrendered the, Nomination for president. He said that as a candidate for president. And people still voted for him, huh? All right, give me a moment. Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Oh, I am just, uh, let's see here. Getting the word out about my book. Have I mentioned my book? Am I getting obnoxious about my book? Uh, uh, Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, available wherever books are sold. Well, it will be in January, but this is what they call the pre-order phase. I haven't quite, you know, well, how much am I supposed to, you know, I don't, I've ordered a book or two pre-order, but not often. Um, but now I got a whole new look at it. Okay, a whole new paint job, and I went, and everybody's calling me. Oh, congratulations on the book! Uh, are you going to send me a copy? <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, uh, are you gonna buy a copy? Uh, we're trying to sell some books here. All right, I got a, you know, I got a publisher, I got an editor, I got all these people who want to, uh, uh, they want to make some money off this book, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. And it's an important book, by the way. It's written for. Well, any cop who's ever been uh, maligned or attacked by the woke mob, uh, for my father, for uh, law enforcement, for the military, and it's for uh, 
for America, for sanity, all right? The stuff that's going on in America. You're not crazy. They are, okay? Uh, a pro-law enforcement book. Who'd have thunk it'd be so avant-garde, so controversial? But apparently uh, uh, these days it's controversial, but I love it. I love it. I believe in it. It would not have been controversial when I was in first grade, um, but it's controversial now. And uh that's fine. That's fine by me. So wherever books are sold, the Greg Kelly book, uh, Justice for All. Uh, all right. Hey, Kevin McCarthy, um, I'm not impressed. What is he? The minority leader of the House of Representatives. He's just a politician, a career politician. And, you know, I'm sorry. These are the guys who ran for class president. Like, why would you do that? Don't you want to go out and play? <laughs> I mean, don't you want to like, well, why would you do that? It's a certain type. They just kind of, it's like a, it's like a modicum. It's like a, a facsimile of fame. They want the attention. They don't want to really get things done. They just like it. You know, can you imagine handing somebody a brochure and it's just their face on the cover of it and saying, you know, hi, you know, vote for me. What have you done for what Kevin McCarthy, what do you actually stand for? Now he's trying to stand for something now he's and he's a Republican too, but I just, Look, the thing that I don't like about this guy is he, after January 6th, he's like, oh, Donald Trump, oh, my goodness, Donald Trump should resign. He's got two weeks left in office. He should resign? Are you serious? Not a wartime consigliere, just another career politician. But uh, let's see here. Uh, Cut 49. What we wanted to do, a plan for a new direction. We want to be upfront with the American public. We want an election to have a contrast. If they put their trust in us, this is exactly what we'll do. Okay. If they put, wait, do I have to put my trust in him? Wait, one more time. Cut 49. I barely heard it. What we wanted to do, a plan for a new direction. We want to be upfront with the American public. We want an election to have a contrast. If they put their trust in us, this is exactly what we'll do. Wow. What could go wrong, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know if I trust you, Kevin. Sorry. I, I don't know if that's a word you should be. Uh, trust us? Uh, cut 50. We warned the Democrats not to do that American rescue plan, but it wasn't just us warning them. Larry Summers, a Secretary of Treasury Democrat, told him, don't do it, you'd bring inflation. Steve Ratner, a Democrat advisor to Obama, calls it the original sin of inflation. Uh, wow. Aren't you moved? This is, uh, I don't know. I don't know about this guy being speaker. Do you? Uh, I'm not moved. Cut 51. They have no plan to fix all the problems they created. So you know what? We've created a commitment to America. Wow. That'll change everything. There. Here's the thing, actually. And I know I'm nitpicking this guy. I mean, I think this was done last minute. They threw something together. Oh, remember the contract for America? Yeah, well, um, you go through this thing. It's very generic. It's very bland. It's very vague. They're against crime. Um, we're going to fix the mess of the Democrats. You know what they should have gone with? My little nifty nifty uh, slogan, uh, liberal plus chaos equals Biden. All right, just go with that. Kevin, this is not working. Uh, you're not good with the messaging. Cut 52. If you're like everybody else we hear, whether you can afford it, whether you feel safe, the challenge of your children getting lost behind, or a government that's run amok. Who has a plan to change that course? We do. The Democrats have no plan for the problem they created. Mm. 
Um, plan. Go to our website and look at our plan. You know, just take care of it, all right? Just do it. Just do it. Uh, and I will say, even the, uh, the my own mnemonic device, uh, sometimes, sometimes, I, I know about 95% of it. The liberal is liar, incompetent, bizarre, erratic, racist, angry, and lazy. Don't forget how... Goodness gracious, Kevin, this is not your thing. Uh, one more, and then I'm done with you. Cut 53. We also ensure fairness, that only women compete in women's sports. We give you a parent's bill of rights. We want an education system that's focused on children, that teaches them to dream big instead of what is happening today. All right. I mean, these all sound fine. I have no problem with it. I'm just like, this is so much bigger than Kevin McCarthy and his, uh, his Republican friends. It's just so much bigger, so much more important. And we don't need Kevin McCarthy, quite frankly. Fine. He's got to do something. He's got all those staffers. He's got the Republican National Committee. They got to they gotta look like they're busy and do something. I think we're going to be great. You know why? Because the citizens, because of Americans, because of us, right? We don't need some phony baloney, uh, blow-dried politician from where the hell is he from? We don't need that guy. We just need us. Oh, but we could really use Trump. <laughs> we could really use a big rally tonight. It'll be live on Newsmax. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. All right, welcome back. We'll take some calls. 800-848-9222. Good. Phew. 800-848-9222. Uh, Andrew in Stanhope, New Jersey. Hi. Hey, what's up, Greg? Since it is Friday, can I do a Honeymooners quote for you? What do you got? You, well, you did it, but no one picked up on it. You said, uh, one of those, he was one of those giant French poodles with the Italian haircut. <laughs> and uh, Ralph says, I told the lady, you can't bring that mongrel on the bus. That mongrel, he's worth thousands of dollars. He well, if he's that worth that much, let him take a cab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're awesome. And uh, just want to say with the uh, show last night on Newsmax was great. The woke military, they're actually putting the soldiers like yourself. They're putting their lives in jeopardy because, like you pointed out, they're not spending all their time on training and preparation. So they're taking away from them, which literally puts their lives and our lives at risk. And I thought when you say y'all <laughs> – isn't that cultural appropriation saying y'all? Yeah, no, that's the whole thing. They got this whole thing, what you can say and what you can't say in the Air Force. One of the things they don't want you saying in the Air Force these days is mom and dad. Because how's that going to make people feel if they've got two mommies or two daddies? You know, just say uh, uh, guardians. Say guardians. Say my guardians. Give me a freaking break. Now, you could say, well, this is just, you know, it's just on the sides. It doesn't matter. No, imagine this. Imagine your company every day, like, you know, my company, What 8.30 in the morning, we have a conference call, right? It's important, right? You find out, okay, what reporters are covering what stories, what's hot, where are these, when, where are we going to put that truck, where are we going to, you know, we got a debate tonight, you know, who's going to be there, how do we handle it? Could you imagine if we had to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion for the first five minutes? Or... You know, uh, okay, we need uh, uh, John. John, what's his opinion on this? Uh, oh, John's at a conference on diversity and equity in in Nebraska. He'll be back in two weeks. Oh, okay. All right. So anyway, tonight we're going to – oh, no, that's canceled because uh, we have uh, uh, gay awareness uh, feeling sessions. 
oh, okay, it does have an impact. It has an impact on readiness. Believe me. And who's this guy? Who's this nutty uh, press secretary? His name is Kirby. It's hard to believe that he was an admiral in the Navy at one point, but he was. Uh, where is this guy? Uh, sorry about... Uh, here we go. Listen to him. He's John Kirby denying that there's a woke military. He's the White House press secretary, kind of. And what else is he? Yeah, he's an ex-Navy admiral. Cut 36. Some on the right have suggested that it's the administration's policies, right? It's the requirement of the vaccine. It's the, quote, woke policies in the military that's leading less people uh, to want to join. What do you make of that? Yeah, there's no indications of that. First of all, it's a bogus claim. There's no wokeness in the military. The military is by, and it should be, a diverse organization. We're supposed to represent and defend all Americans. And our diversity, and I've seen this myself firsthand, aboard ships at sea, the diversity of the United States military makes us stronger, it makes us smarter, helps us make better decisions. There's no wokeness. This is a, this, they're driving a stake through a straw man. Uh, and we've seen no indications that uh, concerns, culture concerns like that, are having uh, an impact on, on recruiting. He seems like a nervous type because you get a little bit nervous when you lie and you talk really quick and he's lying. OK, this wokeness is a big problem in the military. Why do you think, by the way, people aren't joining the military? OK, it's not your typical woke character who wants to join the military. I mean, let's just face it. It's not. And all that stuff, you know, it's funny. There's no wokeness in the military. And then he puts out all that woke crap. Oh, our diversity is our strength. And I saw this all the time on the ships. I didn't. I didn't. I, what is he talking about? I saw sailors and Marines wearing a uniform. You know, General Milley and this woke military, they want everybody to take note of, oh, that's a blacker individual. Oh, that's a Hispanic. Oh, we have too many white officers. You know, I, I think I think we would do better. We would be better at getting our enemy at hitting the target if we had more diversity here. Nobody ever thought like that because it's a silly way to think. Let me ask you this. The Tuskegee Airmen, I hear that they were a really hotshot group of aviators, right, from Alabama. They were all black. Uh, and I hear that they were amazing. Should should we have gotten on their case because there weren't more white pilots in the group? I mean, where, would they have been better if they were if there were some white token white people in that group? Now I know the Tuskegee Airmen. You know there was segregation back then in the military, and they, there should have been there should have been black pilots among the white pilots, of course. But take that as an example, because the Tuskegee Airmen were hot shot pilots. I knew one of them, by the way. Uh, what was his name? Rot. Rot. Oh, shoot. Great guy. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Roscoe. Roscoe, I think his name was. Great, great individual. Real charismatic. Uh, just joie de vivre, you know? I love it. Thanks, Andrew, for the call. Uh, let's see. Dave in Orangetown. Yes. Hey, how's it going, Greggy? Um, I, you know, I, I, I have a little bit of a beef, but whatever you want to call it, but... Um, I think you need to give uh, Michael Henry a little bit of credit. You hey, know, he needs um, to start working his ass off if he wants to, if he's serious about getting elected, instead of sitting around BSing on social media and whining that he's not getting enough coverage. He's got to work. Listen, I'm going to vote for the, well, I'm not endorsing anybody, but I'm definitely not voting for Letitia James. I'm going to vote for Michael Henry. I just like to see a little moxie out there. And quite frankly, um, <laughs> I think he should update his website and let us know where the hell he went to law school. Do you know where he went to law school? saying is who cares you know he's, he's i do a little shot. bit no 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 this is the kind of these are the 101 basic things i'm gonna vote for him all right but 
he's kind of not, not doing the stuff you're supposed to do if you're really serious. We've had Republic we've had Republican uh, attorney gen- attorneys general here before. So uh yeah, I'm sorry, not impressed. I think he's got to work harder and I think he's got to be more professional. But how, oh, so you're saying his Twitter and you're not impressed by his Twitter. How do you know what he's doing? Social media, no, hey, hey, hey Dave, relax Dave. Social media, whether you like it or not, is a big component of politics these days, okay? It is. It's just something you got to do. Look, Anybody is better. I, I I would take a non-lawyer over uh, Attorney General Letitia James. Anybody. But I'd he like to see some effort. Him. What? He'd rather just diss him and go, Letitia, because he's not posting social media to hey, your da- da- Dave, Dave, Dave. He's not. Give the guy a break. Give, 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 I don't, do you even know what he looks like? Does anybody know no, what this I guy looks like? Know. Does anybody know what he looks like? He's sitting on his hands. He's taking it easy. Somebody probably talked him into this. He's going to get something out of it, probably. So uh, you know what? Get this guy. Get it. Get. It. He should get off his ass and start doing. So, start earning it. All right. Okay, you okay, got to be. Hey, let me let me tell you this. What do we say last night? What did I say? You got to be for something. You got to be for something. Let me hear that. Where is that stuff? Where is that in the? Uh, cut twenty eight, please. You can't just be against something. You got to be for something. You can't be just be against everything. You have to be for something. It's not just enough to say you're against something. You also have to be for something. You can't always be against something. Eventually, you have to shift to being for something. As we've seen from past elections elsewhere, being against something isn't necessarily enough to get you over the line. Yep, that's true. And, you know, it doesn't totally apply to Henry there, but I got to tell you this. There's another truism in politics you can't beat somebody with nobody. All right? Sorry. Sorry. It's true. You know? And uh, we just don't have a candidate of sufficient stature. Now, anything can happen in politics, and I hope this guy wins. Um, but uh, not optimistic. Sorry. Carmine, one more in Long Island. Yeah. Greg, I couldn't sleep last night. I have to redeem myself from yesterday. Thank you. What happened? Okay. All right, well, what? Letitia James, when we discussed uh, a, a, the deed at uh, uh, All right, just tell me what the deal is. What's the deal now? Well, a deed cannot be uh, changed once it's recorded, but there are covenants and restrictions that go along with the deed. They're put there by the builders. They're put there by the developers. And if it's a short sentence, it goes in the deed. If it's a big, complicated thing, it goes into a separate agreement, and it has to be recorded. And it goes with the property. Whoever buys the property knows about these things. It's a formal covenant. It's a binding agreement. And it runs with the property. The takeaway of all of, of, of everything yesterday, they can be unenfor- they can be unenforceable. There's ways that they, ex- they they expire, and there's ways around it. It's not easy, but she doesn't know all these things. She's just making a great assumption. I pulled up the two hundred twenty. All right, I got it. No, I understand. We know. We we know. We I knew it intuitively. I just knew it. And thank you. Yeah. I knew that there was a way around this stuff. It's the art of the deal. Everything is negotiable. And the other thing that's being pointed out, you know, she stood up there and accused him of crimes. But you know what she's doing? She's basically taking him to the people's court. You know, the people's court. Remember that with Judge Wapner, uh, later Ed Koch, you know, da, 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 da. I was on the people's court once um, myself. Uh, and it's a it's a fun little forum, but it's civil. It's not like they can arrest you if you if you default or whatever. If they rule against you. They're not going to arrest you. And she implied heavily that that he's a you know this is a criminal case. It's not. 
It's not. Carmine, thanks for looking that up. I knew that there was a way to, um, you know, massage that a little bit. Uh, all right. One more. Gail in Staten Island. Yes. No, Greg. You were talking about Lee Zeldin and the debate with that uh, simple, cowardly woman making those demands. Lee needs money, money for commercials that will stick to the minds or souls of the human psyche. They play it over and over again, her lies. But after a while, like brainwashing, it might stick. It's the last thing people hear. Unfortunately, they have been playing her commercials already because she has dark money behind her. But, you know, whatever anybody could send to Lee to make a, a, you know, a Dino De Laurentiis Movie. Well, you're right. Everybody should send money to uh, Lee Zeldin and get him elected. I will say this, though. I don't think these commercials work anymore. I mean, we are we've all grown up and they treat us like children. They treat us like children. And nobody's going to believe that, you know, Lee Zeldin is an insurrectionist who wants to kill democracy. Nobody believes that kind of stuff. We know we're being lied to. The best commercials, I believe, are the positive ones and the candidate looks right into the camera. If I run, if I run for mayor, this is what I'm going to do. You go back and look at Ronald Reagan's commercials and Ed Koch's commercials. Straight to camera and just say who you are and what you're going to do. And the people love it. The people, they don't need all these black and white special effects, grainy footage. We've seen all those tricks before. And I don't think they work. So I hope he's spending this money well. I'm not really, to be honest, I don't really watch much TV. I haven't seen any commercials. Um, thank you, Gail. Uh, Lee Zeldin, I think you go to Lee Zeldin for New York. A uh, million ways to give to him. You should. You really should. Uh, and then the other thing was Lee Zeldin, uh, no debate. Why won't they debate him? That's uh, that's quite a shame. Um, and they don't want to talk about the issues they all they want to do the mainstream media kathy hochel they want to talk about things like this cut 29 at the top of the hour coming up at eight o'clock here in new york let's get back to the legal issues surrounding former president trump this morning a new legal setback for former president trump from election and january 6th investigation probes to a criminal investigation in new york this is the top of the news is the potential for a problem here for donald trump 8 a.m in the morning it's a serious problem for donald trump and he knows it too i think the president's ice cream cone is melting. I look at all around the case in New York with Letitia James. Uh, clearly, he has gotten a lot of prestige. They see the power. This is the same day the, Joe Biden gave his big house. UN speech. And anyway, um, get the get the drift. Get the point. They don't want to talk about Joe Biden. They can't defend Joe Biden. So they can only run against Trump. They can't talk about their positive vision for America. It's pretty simple, by the way. We want a border that works, okay? We don't like runaway inflation. We want a responsible government that spends money wisely. We don't like losing wars. We don't like fighting unnecessary wars. We don't like critical race theory. That's right. We're running for the people are good. People are inherently good. And we are running to protect children. What can be a more worthy, more noble cause than that? defending children and don't and don't forget this every now and then i mean oh you eric adams is you know he's a cop he's a cop's cop are you what are you smoking here's a guy who wants the transgender drag queens to hang out in public schools with kids during that story hour routine now how perverted is that 
Who we've got to find out who is the guy who came up with this idea? What is the agenda there? I think the agenda is quite clear. Uh, somebody's getting their rocks off. Excuse me. Somebody's getting some sort of uh, perverted thrill. Maybe even the thought turns them on. Drag queens hanging out with children. Are you insane? Are you insane? Hey, there's somebody online that's fantastic about all this stuff and about a lot of other things. Jordan Peterson. Do you know who that is? The professor from Canada. And the guy speaks so much truth. He kind of speaks like this, but there's... And he was one of those dudes in Canada. They said, you must use gender-specific pronouns or gender-nonspecific pronouns. You have to use Zed and they. Don't ever say she or him. And you have to ask and you must use the pronouns. He said, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me. You can't force me to speak in any way. You can't. And that was the law. They try to cram down their throats. And he said, you've gone too far. You went too far, and he became an international sensation. When he opposed that, that was great. But then we found out this guy's brilliant about everything. He's the one who told me uh, that little that r- little rule of thumb, and it's it's an amazing thing. It's a total game changer. Do not compare yourself to anyone else. Don't ever do it. You can compare yourself to who you were yesterday, and if you focus on improving just a little bit, it just takes a little bit. The results, you know, they start to build on themselves and it's uh, it, everything. Everything can change for the better. So many miracles are available to uh, each and every one of us. Uh, you can listen to Jordan Peterson, of course. It's not going to hurt and you learn a lot of cool things. But the most important one, of course, is God and the Bible. That's how you get to know him, through the Bible. Charles Stanley, that's the one I recommend, has all the nice footnotes and essays, explains everything. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You're listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, um, we got to do something about that kid in North Dakota. Kyler, he was only 18 years old and he was killed because of his political beliefs, because he was a he was a MAGA guy. He was he was all for Trump. He was wearing a red hat and somebody ran him over. And nobody seems to give a damn. This happened less than a week ago. Has Joe Biden been asked about it? Because his rhetoric very well could have contributed to that young man's death. It's fascinating because his whole presidency, his whole presidency, actually, according to him, according to Joe Biden himself, it was all about Charlottesville. Remember, this is the very first moment of his campaign announcement back in 2019, cut 32. And they were met by a courageous group of Americans and a violent clash ensued. And a brave young woman lost her life. Yeah, that was bad. Um, and that's when he decided that he had to run, right? Cut 33. And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? With those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate 
and those with the courage to stand against it. What a disgusting liar. What a horrible liar. Because here is Donald Trump. This is the moment he's talking about. Explicitly, specifically condemning Nazis and white nationalists. Okay? Cut 34. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, what did Joe Biden say? He lied to our face. Again, that's what you get when you, when you, when you hire a guy like Joe Biden. That's what they do. They lie. I know a lot of liars. Cut 33. And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? With those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. Wow. You see the flat out, it's just shameless, shameless. And then he uses this, this lie, as a pretext for what happens next. Cut 35. We can't forget what happened in Charlottesville. Even more important, we have to remember who we are. This is America. All right. Uh, You guys did not cut. He actually, that was his declaration for president of the United States, right in that ad. Um, That's something, huh? It's all based on a great big fat lie. What a bad guy, huh? What a bad guy for America, for 18-year-old Kyler Ellingsford. Is that his name? I don't know. He's not a national, you know, it's not national news. It's local news. Heather Heyer, Charlottesville, right? People were hanging their heads in shame who had nothing to do with it, who don't like white supremacy, who don't like neo-Nazis, but they tried to stigmatize everybody in America who was a conservative, or even thought that, you know what, maybe we shouldn't take down uh, Civil War statues, because if we erase our history, we will be condemned to repeat it. Once again, you can be a very fine person and be all for those statues being preserved. You can also be a very fine person and say, you know what, I find it offensive. You know what, I don't like it. You know what, it makes me think that the country thinks slavery somehow is still okay. I don't like it. Both points of view are totally valid, and you can debate it. You can have a discussion. And things, I guess, can get heated. But when Antifa shows up with their bats and spikes and knives and weird dress and paint and umbrellas, and the uh, white supremacist neo-Nazis show up with whatever the hell they got going for them, I can't tell you because I never really have seen them. The only time I've seen them was in the movies. And when the Lincoln Project hired some actors to pretend that they were white supremacists. Remember that? When they put him in the khaki pants and the polo shirts. What the hell was up with that? Uh, There is something weird. Oh, hey, how about that? Alex Jones. I'm not a big Alex Jones fan at all. I don't know really anything about him. I don't understand him. Infowars, all that stuff. But I kind of like what I saw with the lawyer in that courtroom yesterday. He said, enough is enough. I have apologized. The lawyer is acting like this guy opened fire at Sandy Hook. He did not. All right. And I'm tired of the oversensitivity. Yes, overly sensitive. Oh, someone, someone's wearing a red 
MAGA hat. I feel triggered. I feel threatened. There, that that's like catching on. That's like you can say that. That's the easiest thing. That's a that's a ticket for a lot of things. I feel triggered. I feel threatened. Ooh, somebody could conceivably make a threat against me. Well, we have laws about that already. It's illegal to do that. And if I say something, it anyway. More when I come back. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Greg Kelly Show. Man, how hard up is Russia right now? Desperation at the border. As Russians flee Putin's mobilization plan. Everybody's getting the hell out of there. They don't want to be drafted. They don't want to be put back on active duty. Some of the old reservists. And look, they had a protest, some pretty big anti-war protests in Russia. And some of the people they arrested, they made them join the army. Wow. Drafting them right into the army. This is a, uh, can you imagine that? I mean, you know, it takes a long time to figure out how to shoot a weapon, how to wear a uniform. Oh, I tell you, a big problem over there in Russia is drinking. Too many people drink. And we're going in that same direction. Too many people smoking dope. Uh, we got, I told you about the construction workers I saw the other day. This, uh, the, uh, what was she, a uh, uh, security guard? Um, and then we got Ducey uh, having a blast in the morning there on Fox and Friends, cut 43. Everybody's had orange juice already. So now we are at the villages. Here you go, buddy. All right, who's ready? It's 8 o'clock. In the morning. here and they are over 18 and of course as i have heard at the villages every you know every hour is happy hour here so ladies here you go oh that's fun right that's a lot of fun that's cute you know the today show was doing that for a long time and then i got on their case and then they stopped doing it because i just have to point out that about i don't know maybe 300 people a day in america die of alcohol related causes and maybe drinking in the morning isn't uh you know the best message to be putting out there. Uh, you know, it's a pretty good message from when it comes to alcohol from Donald Trump. You know, his older, what was his older brother's name? Was it Frank? Frank Trump? Fred Trump. Fred Trump was the older brother. The father, but then there was Fred Trump Jr., Donald's older brother. And here he is talking about him a couple of years ago. He died at 43 from alcohol-related stuff. Cut 44. I had a brother, Fred. Great guy. Best-looking guy, best personality, but he had a problem. He had a problem with alcohol. And he would tell me, don't drink, don't drink. He was substantially older, and I listened to him, and I respected. But he would constantly tell me, don't drink. He'd also add, don't smoke. But he would say it over and over and over again. And to this day, I've never had a drink. But I learned because of Fred. I learned. And what a great thing, huh? What a good older brother. Another older brother could have said, hey, come on, Donnie. You're my drinking buddy, little brother. Let's go into the city and throw some back. If Fred had done that, we would not have had President Trump, huh? That's a pretty, pretty significant contribution from the late Fred Trump. A gift to his younger brother. Which, uh, unfortunately, Fox, they don't really care about people. 
for the most part. They just don't. They care about money. They care about status. Uh, they care about influence. But as to whether somebody's drunk all day in the villages, I don't think they care too much. And maybe Steve Ducey does personally, but I don't, you know, the just the forces. It's too easy to go along with the forces in life, you know? It is. And it's really tough to say, no, I'm not doing this. No, this is not right. It's tough to stand up and, and be noticed. Somebody may criticize you. Somebody may say something about you. Somebody may try to hurt you. Somebody may try to take your job or take your clients or who knows what. Very easy to go along with the mob, especially when the mob is led by some rich, woke, influential billionaires. Who the hell? What is Salesforce anyway? Salesforce. It's a company, Salesforce. I had a cousin who used to work there. I went to a presentation. I didn't really understand the product. And the product, as far as I could tell, was everybody gets to see your notes, okay? You come back from a big meeting uh, or a, a, a phone call with a client, and you're supposed to put it into a data sheet that everybody in the company can look at. I, I, I know a lot of salesmen who don't like Salesforce. I do. I guess their real thing, their real bread and butter, though, is cloud computing, you know, taking all the stuff and, you know, so so the, so China can access it whenever they want, basically. Anyway, his name is uh, Benioff. What's his first name? Steve? Steve Benioff. He's this, uh, he's a billionaire now. You know, he got, he had one interesting idea and it's a hit or whatever. And then they think they're an expert in all things. And this guy is one grade A jerk. Here he is on CNN. Listen to this stuff, okay? He is a he runs a computer company, essentially, right? Software computers. And he's going to try to tell elected governors, legislatures, how to run their states, telling people what is decent, what is not. Hey, just stick to the gadgets, Mark. That's his name. Go ahead. This is not our first conversation about what is a CEO's role in political issues. What do we do when it comes to actually making something happen that supports our employees? The number one thing is we must have our employees back. You know and I know we are dealing with a whole series of crazy presidents, crazy governors, crazy mayors all over the world, in every country, in every city, in every state. The number one thing I can do is let my employees know I'm here for them and I will 100% support them. And if they're not happy where they are, you're right. Mark, who is crazy? I'm really talking about all of the situations that I've had to go through over the last decade, especially, where our, our employees will contact me and say something just is not right. You know the story, for example, in Indiana. You know, we're the largest tech employer in Indiana. And I was going to bring up Indiana because, Mark, for people who don't know, in 2015, you threatened to not just relocate employees. In 2015, you threatened to pull all of Salesforce out of Indiana because of a law that would discriminate against LBGTQ uh, people, and and you won that fight, and they didn't end up enacting that law. Is that something you're considering now in, in states restricting abortion or outlawing abortion, to not just offer to relocate people, but pull, pull Salesforce, pull resources? We actually just said, if you're going to discriminate against our employees, we're not going to be able to set up shop there. And when we said that, 200 other companies the next day, the largest companies in the United States, all said, we agree, we have to support our LGBTQ communities as well. Look, we have to be for equality. 
We have to be for dignity. We have to be for the equality and dignity of every human being. And if you're not for equality and dignity, then, you know, this is not something that I can work with and we're going to have to exit your city or your state, just as we have in many places. Get lost. Get law lo- equality and dignity. Equal what 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 what? The buzz. What they're talking about is abortion. All right. And if your state is uh, is pro life, we're leaving. And oligarchs, they're getting just that powerful, just that big. Big tech is too big. We've got to break it the hell up. We have antitrust laws. Ted Cruz is a brainiac. They got to figure out a way to do that. These folks are too damn powerful. Hey. Figure out new and interesting ways to sell your uh, your product. Okay, don't be tell don't be pushing elected leaders around uh, uh, extortion. This is essentially extortion. Um, you know, I do think that uh, good people. Hey, I know people who are pro-choice. I was pro-choice for a for a while in my life before I gave it any real thought. Before I heard that special sound, the special sound of my daughter at six weeks. Yes, I did. This is her. This is Annalise Kelly, all of six weeks old in her mother's womb, cut 45. You hear that? That's real. You hear that? That's real. It's not a special effect, it's not artificial. You hear that Stacey Abrams is running around saying that what I just heard, what you just heard is artificial? That the, I guess, the, what, the, son, the sonogram technicians are faking it? Are you sure about that, Stacey? Here she is, Stacey Abrams, crybaby candidate for governor of Georgia, cut 46. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. Uh, I know that sounded like she was in the bottom of a cardboard box, but she basically said that uh, the sound that we just heard is manufactured and it's not real. It's uh, and it's made by men to convince uh, others that it's a life when it's not a life. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Stacey Abrams. She's got it all figured out, huh? Why? What's so special about Stacey Abrams? What is it? Why, why do they hold her up on the left like she's some sort of icon? I mean, literally, they, they take pictures of her like she's this, have you ever seen it? Like she's this high priestess. Um, what's that figure? What's, who's that? Uh, mm, Whoopi Goldberg played a similar figure in a Star Trek episode. I'm trying to think. But anyway, I'm not impressed. And I hope she loses. Man, oh, man. I don't like Governor Kemp all that much, but uh, Stacey Abrams, yikes. Thing is, Stacey Abrams goes into your office and says, I don't think uh, you guys should be doing uh, business this way. You'd be surprised how many how many people will just fold. Will just, oh, okay, yes, of course. Oh, yes, oh, oh no, do you feel, oh, 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 oh. whatever whatever you say, Stacey, yes. Madam Governor, oh, oh, oh. Uh, not me, not me, not me. Uh, Jason, hello, yes, what can I do for you? Hey, Greg, I just wanted to ask you a question about your book, if I may. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I'm, I'm going to buy you a book regardless. That that goes without saying. But I was wondering, does it come in uh, a CD form so I could play it in the car? Uh, it's a good question. I don't know yet. I don't know if we have an audio version. And uh, you have a CD player still, huh? Well, I have one in the car. 
Yeah. How old is your car? Uh, about a year old, a Honda CRV. Wow, they still make CDs. I haven't seen a CD in a long time. Uh, it's a good question. I don't know. I I just I don't know. I got to find out, and then I got to well, find. I appreciate out. it, Greg. Yeah, thanks, 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 thanks. I mean, there's going to be an audio. Definitely, there will be audio. But I don't know if it's going to be on CD. I haven't seen any CDs. How do you buy CDs? Well, you buy it from Amazon or uh, wherever they sell books. Like I got Rush Limbaugh's books on CD. I got Hannity's books on CD. Not to mention other talk show. Recent, books. recent. Yeah, Hannity's book. It came out last Christmas. On CD, huh? Well, yeah. Uh, if Hannity's doing it, I better be doing it, too. Uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm sure. Thanks for uh, telling me. i got to get on that. Uh, yeah, I want everybody to listen to it, watch it, read it in any form they want. Thank you, Jason. Let's do one more. Uh, Max in Manhattan. Yep. Yes. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I've, what I have to say is free Joe Biggs from the January 6th imprisonment as well as others. Yeah, Joe Biggs, who is he? What did he allegedly do? Um, he was just a, a journalist, and he was just there in in front of the, the rest of the January 6th crew, but he's been uh, convicted as if he's uh, some sort of Bolshevik. Is this the guy who was in the Marine Corps? Yes. Are you sure he was arrested? I don't think I heard that. Yeah, he was. Joe Biggs was arrested. Huh. Gosh, what a shame. What else? Uh, free the rest of them who've all been arrested on January 6th. I agree. And disclose who John Sullivan is. Everyone should know who John Sullivan is. Well, let's talk about him right now. He is a uh, a weirdo, definitely. He was there. Uh, he's from Utah. He's in his mid-20s now. Strange character. He was a uh, uh, adopted as a kid. He was a pretty good speed skater. He was on the Olympic speed skating team or just about, very good at it. And then he goes crazy, nut job, uh, lunatic. And he shows up outside the White House in August of 2020 saying, that man needs to be driven from the White House and hung. And he's saying all this stuff, which, by the way, is illegal. <laughs> you can't say that stuff. You can't threaten the president, all right? He says all this stuff, and then somehow, by just some miracle, he is there when Ashley Babbitt is shot, rolling his camera. And he sells it to CNN for $30,000, I think. Now, he is arrested, but they take him into custody for about eight minutes, I think. Eight minutes. Where the hell is he now? Where the hell is that guy now? It's a very interesting question. Uh, Yeah, John Sullivan. Thanks for reminding me. I got to check up on that. All right. Hey, do me a favor. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Oh, um, hey, at one point, our military was really, really cool, right? Really cool. Listen to these Air Force uh, jets just flying around. It's amazing, amazing stuff we can do in the air. Cut 37. Doesn't that sound great? Yeah. All right. It sounds cool. It looks even cooler, all right? It's a bunch of F-22s flying around. 
in an aim high Air Force uh, commercial. Join the Air Force, right? Well, nobody wants to join the military because the word is out. It's gone woke. It's gone weird. And, uh, well, we lost in Afghanistan. That did not help. That did not help. And uh, we have documentation of just how woke and weird the military has become. Uh, So the United States Air Force Academy, an amazing facility in Colorado Springs. It's like a college. It's like the Air Force College. And you go there and you learn how to, um, I don't know, uh, be be, be in the Air Force, right? It's like college, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, except it's uh, the Air Force military version of college. Uh, but you'd think you'd be talking about history and, and, and aviation and tactics and maybe a study, do a paper on the Red Baron, uh, Chuck Yeager. No, 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 no. All that stuff can wait because we have diversity, equity and inclusion to talk about. All right. This is a no kidding syllabus that we've been handed uh, diversity and inclusion, what it is, why we care and what we can do. Thank you, Air Force. Uh, this is what their the kids kids uh young cadets are wasting their time on you you know we've all sat through those things you know those modules they make you sit through when you join a new company you know here at acme and company no one will accept a gift over fifty dollars you know (laughs) if you suspect fraud please call human resources or the inspector general's office or, or 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 you know i don't know tell your supervisor that kind of stuff and that's fine but here Confront stereotypes and microaggressions ASAP. What does that mean? Confront. How are you supposed? This is what they're telling you. Confront a stereotype and a microaggression. What is a microaggression? It's just, and I know what it is. I've heard of it before. But the the beautiful thing about the military, for the longest time, they did not have time for this nonsense. They did not have time to screw around in what the civilians focused on. Here's something. Recognize diverse family formation. You shouldn't say mom and dad. Do not use that terminology. Terminology you should use. Caregivers, guardians, or parents. But do not use mom and dad. Hmm. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got another one. I think we do. Uh, I. You should also... Oh, here we go. Do not... Ever say you guys, you can use folks, you can use everyone, you can use squatties, as in like squadron mates, squatties, that's lame, team, or y'all, Y apostrophe A-L-L, y'all, like you all, y'all, I notice I'm hearing y'all a lot on MSNBC. Usually it's from a person of color who's trying to remind everybody how cool they are and that they're a person of color and that's uh, somehow more virtuous and more stylish than being a white person at the moment. I'm only talking about a select handful of MSNBC anchors who all of a sudden start saying y'all. Y'all is big in the South. And sometimes I'll even hear certain white anchors who might have some loose affiliation with the South suddenly saying y'all. Oh, you, you, y'all ever been to Granddaddy's Crab Shack in South Carolina? Y'all ever been there? Oh, it's a bless your heart. All that. That's it's phony baloney, right? I I've been in the South plenty. I don't. I I live in Mississippi, the Panhandle, all that stuff. Anyway, you shouldn't be saying y'all. That should not be the United States Air Force position. Should not be teaching cadets to say y'all. It's bad language, quite frankly. I mean, it's not. It's not correct grammatically, is it? I don't think it is. Uh, let's see here. Ah, this is good. 
Uh, do not use boyfriend slash girlfriend. Use the word partner. Otherwise, just in case, if you meet somebody who uh, is a lesbian or is gay, you could, is that a microaggression? Hey, by the way, I don't like the word, I actually don't like the word boyfriend or girlfriend. I never, ever, ever used it for my girlfriends. I just never did. I just could it sounded so juvenile. It sounded right out of middle school. My girlfriend. My girlfriend? And you know, a 45-year-old guy is going to be talking about his girlfriend? I just, I couldn't, I would never say it. I would say my friend, which kind of sounded a certain way. I don't know. I'm just, I, I've heard certain people say lady friend. I'm not going to say that either, but uh, I don't like girlfriend. Actually, there's that guy, that comedian, John Mulaney. He said he was so glad he got married because he could finally say my wife, you know, like, uh, excuse me, my girlfriend and I would like to sit together on the plane. Could we possibly, you know, my wife and I must sit together on the plane. It makes it seems a lot more credible, a lot more adult. Here's something. You cannot say, the, these are the key words you can't say. Some of them we obviously agree with. According to the Air Force, you cannot say the N-word. No problem. You cannot say the F-word. Sure. You cannot say the R-word. I don't know what that is. And you cannot say the T-word. And they spell out what the T-word is. You know what the T-word is? Terrorist. Terrorist is now off limits in the Air Force. Why? <laughs> this is all an effort to try to control how we think. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You're listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Tonight, tonight at uh, when does it start? Seven o'clock. The big Trump rally in North Carolina. We'll have it live on Newsmax. I'll have a, a recap after the thing. Um, what time is my show? Ten o'clock, and uh, we'll uh, we'll go through it. I do think we should go through. You know, we don't hear from him as much as we'd like, but he was on Hannity the other night, and um, he was terrific. I've seen most of it. Let's see here. Cut four, if you don't mind. Trump on Hannity. I actually thought that they would never bring a case. And she brought it. And the reason I thought, because she didn't have a case, uh, I was of the impression she wanted to settle. But I had a problem, because how do you pay something, even if it's a small amount of money, if you're not guilty? This was just a continuation of a witch hunt that began when I came down the escalator at Trump Tower with our, who would know, our great future first lady who's done a great job and people love her. But we came down the escalator and it started. You know, um, I was in the room when he came down the escalator, and I got to tell you, it's funny. I uh, I remember her coming down the escalator too. Actually, that I was, I did not know who it was. I'm like, who is that woman? It was she's incredibly beautiful. I'm just sorry. I was like, what? That's the only thing I was thinking about as he came down that escalator. Who is that person? And, and anyway, found out later it was Melania. Wow. Um, cut five. I mean, you look at this asset. She has this down at $75 million. I can tell you it's many times that number. She said, oh, he valued it at 75 or whatever it was, or she valued it at 75. What does Letitia James know? But if I were going, I don't have a mortgage on this property. If I was going to put a mortgage on this property, the institutions are going to be coming over. They're going to go through comparable properties all over Palm Beach or whatever it is, wherever it may be, Miami. We have them all over. We have tremendous properties. And again, we have very little debt. 
The debt we did have, it was, it was paid current. The banks made a lot of money. She's trying to defend banks that got paid off. She's trying to defend banks that had unbelievable legal talent. I will tell you that. They're very good. It's true. What does Letitia James know about real estate? Uh, anyway, let's see. It's a little bit. Oh, yeah, the rate. Cut six. Sir, the FBI just came in. I said, what? The FBI? Who? And they go, the FBI. And I said, how many people? Many, many people, sir. Many, many people. And I couldn't believe it. And they wanted to do it quietly, silently. And I said, what do you mean silent? They're not silent because I watched the way they were so horrible to so many people that you know and that I know that are good people where they just attacked them in the house. And they wanted to do it quietly. And by four o'clock in the afternoon, we started getting little strange calls like from a group called the media, if you've ever heard of them. And they said, something strange is happening at Mar-a-Lago. There are people standing at the gates with AK-47s or some kind of a very sophisticated gun. And what's (laughs) happening at Mar-a-Lago? And when I heard that, I said, well, let's put out a notice that we were attacked or raided or broken in by the FBI. I I couldn't believe it. You know, it is fascinating the way he talks. What I think happened there is... And I I admire it. He says, AK-47. Now, I think internally he knew right away that he made a mistake, right? An AK-47 is a Russian weapon. It's not an American weapon. It's not, you know, the bad guys have it. So when he said AK-47, as he was saying it, I think he realized it was a mistake. But instead of saying, not an AK-47, I mean an M-16 or, you know, whatever gun they had, they had these... (laughs) It just, it sounded better, like an AK-47 or some sophisticated type weapon system. It just to keep going, to keep plowing ahead. There's something to be said for it. It's very effective. All right, let me see here. Hey, what about uh, what about the nuclear thing and Putin? Come on, 10, cut 10. It happens to a former president, et cetera, et cetera. I hate to use the word former because I have a lot of problems with what happened, but... <laughs> The fact is, and we wouldn't be having all these problems that we have right now, by the way, with Ukraine and Russia talking about nuclear weapons now. It's true. It's true. We wouldn't. And people know that. Poll after poll shows that. Ukraine would not have invaded, would not have been invaded by Russia if President Trump were still President Trump. One more. Cut 11, please. My understanding is that they sent you a letter. Thanking you and your team for their cooperation. They actually thanked us, yeah. They thanked they you. Th- okay. Right. And then, in, so at that point, what was your involvement in the process? Did you ever... Not much of an involvement other than we had boxes. And again, many of these boxes had other things, you know, many, many newspapers, literally massive amounts of newspapers and pictures. But there were a lot of boxes for a lot of different things. But they actually wrote a letter, thank you very much for your cooperation, effectively, And we were doing that, which is exactly what we're supposed to do based on the Presidential Records Act. Uh, Presidential Records Act, indeed. And he mentions there's no penalty if you violate the president. It's all like a recommendation, the Presidential Records Act. And yes, the president can declassify. We'll see how this thing goes with the special master, uh, Ray Ray Deary. Remember him? Raymond Deary, U.S. attorney for a while. He was like the Rudy Giuliani of, uh, of Brooklyn, the Eastern District. All right, Anthony, you're in. Ooh, are you on Key West, Florida? The Key West? It's not Anthony. It's Dan. Oh, well, what do you what do you want? We got one of those kids in the back. Uh, what's up? Are you in Key West at least? Well, 
Absolutely. All right. Um, before I get to my point, um, I look at Stacey Abrams. I see uh, Michael Strahan in drag. Stop that. I don't think that's, come on. What do you mean by that? What do you, oh, because the gap tooth, the gap tooth? No, just. Just the, um, I think there's a gap tooth. That's not. I don't know. I don't like that. Uh, I don't know. And I don't know. Dan, whatever your name, I gotta go. I didn't like that. I don't know. I just uh, no. Nah, that doesn't do it for me. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Glenn in Tom's River. What's going on? Hey, Greg, you're the best. I uh, say uh, we all know that uh, turnout is critical for uh, for any race. Uh, the gubernatorial race in New York uh, that uh, Lee Zeldin has to get every vote possible. But there are people that are not ambulatory. They can't even get a ride to the polls. And then there are people that all of a sudden, you know, their work schedule doesn't allow for it. So what he needs to do or you need to promote is a page out of the Trump playbook and just tell those people, just think uh, voting for Adele. Yeah, it's cute. (laughs) Interesting, Glenn. Ambulatory. People are not ambulatory. You know, not everybody votes, Glenn. In this country, you have a, uh, a choice. You have a choice. You know, I always heard voter turnout. There must be more voter turnout. You know who had 99% voter turnout? Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein did very well with the voter turnout. You know? Got anything else, Glenn, or is that it? Uh, well, with the, All right, I'll let you go. I'll let you go now. Uh, Pete is on the phone, Suffolk County, Long Island. Pete, yes. Yeah, hey, Greg, uh, I got a, I got a, I got a joke for you, a Biden joke. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I think you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden, they go to uh, Russia just on a sightseeing tour. Who? And uh, who? Who goes again? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden. All right. Tell the joke. Sorry. Go ahead. Close your door. Close your door. I hear beeping. Close the door. Car door. Uh, Go ahead. Okay. And they go to Russia on a sightseeing tour, and something goes terribly wrong. They're arrested as spies, and they're sentenced to to a firing squad. So first Clinton, he goes up, and ready, aim, and he yells, earthquake! And they all drop their guns, and Clinton runs off. Next, it's Barack Obama. He goes up. And they say, ready, aim. And he yells, tornado. And they drop their guns and he runs off. So next is Joe Biden. And he's thinking, oh, man, what am I going to say? So he goes <laughs> up there and, it's, and they say, ready, aim. He yells, fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so I, you, know you don't like that one or what? It's okay. I mean, I, I, I saw it coming, you know, two minutes ago. But, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, we saw it coming. But anyway, thanks, Pete. Thanks. You're better than that Jackie the Joke Man. Whatever happened to Jackie the Joke Man? What a vile guy that turned out to be. Remember Jackie? He used to be all happy with Howard Stern. The guy is uh, yelling and screaming his unfunny head off on Twitter all the time. Calls me the most hellacious names. I mean, really, like, you know, wants to rip out my neck and uh, do things. And he's just a, I don't know what, who knew he was such a liberal? Do you know I'm talking about Jackie the Joke Man? Anyway, he's crazy. Oh, Christine in Middletown, what's going on? Hi there. How are you? Welcome hey, back. Doing? Happy Friday. Um, we had another incident in Connecticut with a rogue teacher handing out a woke uh, vocabulary sheet in a 10th grade English English class here. And I, I went to the BOE meeting last night, 
and I was really upset. What's BLE? BLE, excuse me, the Board of Ed meeting. B, what, what does it stand for? Board of Education meeting. Oh, you said BOE. I thought you said BLE. Okay, BOE. Gotcha. Keep going. Yeah. The, uh, when you're inside the spokeswoman and the uh, superintendent, there was a road teacher, and the attitude was, well, this was unvetted, and she's on leave, but she has her full support. And then it was, well, this shouldn't have made national news. This should have stayed within within this room. And they were upset how it got out to the public. I mean, this is the attitude that people are, uh, these educators are doing to our kids, that they don't care about the parents. Yeah. I mean, look, somebody said it shouldn't have been on the national TV. I can understand they, you know, hey, maybe we could take care of this. You know, before they call off Fox News and Griff Jenkins is uh, showing up at this meeting with the cameras, maybe we could have taken care of this. You know, every little problem I have at work, I don't necessarily want it leaked to page six or media. I, you know, sometimes media intervention can be a pain in the neck. But I understand. I understand. I understand both. Look, I don't like that woke crap. You know that by now. I don't like any of that stuff. But uh, hey, wait a second. Hold Hold on. Hey, what's going on with the stock market? How bad is this? Ooh, taking a real hit today. Taking a real hit. 3,600. Oh, man. The S&P is down, too. Uh, all right. Something to keep aware of. All right, Christine, anything else? Well, the, the argument we had with the counter-protesters out front, see, I was on all four news stations. I was interviewed before this meeting last night, and I went over to join the Freedom for Education people, the parents group, and... We got a nice argument with these uh, liberal counter protesters, like some guy with a like, green hair and a bandana, and this uh, white. Did it get physical? A... Did it get physical? No. Because All right, good. Good. Was, Compete so. with ideas. Compete with your ideas. Thank you, Christine. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Greg Kelly Show. All right, all right. It's arrived. The weekend is here, and uh, the Tunnel to Towers walk is Sunday. What time do I have to be there? I am walking through that tunnel with the WABC uh, team, uh, all to support the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, the Stephen Sillers Foundation. You know, it started because uh, Stephen Siller, hero firefighter, on September 11, 2001, walked through that tunnel with all of his gear on, going to the World Trade Center. He was lost. Um, in the uh, in the attacks and uh, anyway, we remember him. And what does Tunnel to Towers do? They raise money and they build these amazing smart homes for disabled veterans, and they do a lot of other good things for the community. So uh, it's uh, Sunday, September twenty fifth. What time? I remember it's in the morning. I will be there, and uh, I would I encourage everybody to come and join us. Now it's very big. It's uh, it's you know you think oh I'll meet you at the race. Well, you got to coordinate a little bit better than that. Uh, there's like 10,000 people, and I remember it took me a long time to find uh, Bernie. I was looking for a Bernie last year, Bernie Rosenberg. I was like, Bernie, Bernie, and I couldn't find him, and I got very panicky until I finally found him, and it was great. We ran through that tunnel together, skipping, laughing, lots of fun. Uh, you can go to walk.gregkellyshow.com, walk.gregkellyshow.com, click on my photo to donate to my team, but... To be honest, I'm not making a big deal out of that. If you can donate to uh, the other teams, uh, go ahead. Uh, donate to all of them, whatever. 
And uh, please show up and uh, walk with. I'm probably going to walk. I don't think we're going to run. I may walk. Uh, it's going to be a lot of. It's going to be a great, great event. And uh, Tuttle to Tower. Where were you? It's September 11. Oh, 21 years. 21 years ago. I'll tell you what. It does seem like. Doesn't it seem this way to you? Everything before 2001 took a long time. Everything after 2001 has just flown right by. Everything's going way too fast, and I don't like it. I want things to slow down, don't you? All right, so what else? You know what I would kind of miss doing? I used to make models as a kid, little models, uh, plastic models, planes, and spray paint them, and the tape and the stuff like that. I just loved it. Uh, I would rush it. You got to have a lot of patience. You got to be able to do it a little bit and then let it dry. You always have to let it dry. If you don't let it dry, you're screwed. But now I don't have any time for those um, those hobbies. I kind of miss them. And the other thing is, I don't have my own place to do this stuff. The house is. Uh, <laughs> what do I not have? I don't have a man cave. You ever hear about a man cave? You know, a guy sets up his. His little room, his little den, just so. You know, nobody else can come in there. He's got his sports on TV. He's got maybe a little refrigerator, and he's got all of his, you know, the cool stuff that he likes. Maybe a video game console. Who knows? It's interesting. There's this comedian, Sebastian Maniscalco. You ever hear of him? He's really great. Uh, What did he say? He says, oh, man cave. Do you have your man cave? Yeah, you got a little man cave. You got your cooler, right? You You got your little TV, yeah, you got a nice, comfortable chair? Okay, good. You got your man cave. That's great. You know, growing up, uh, my dad, he had a man cave, too. Yeah, he did. You know what he called it? The house. <laughs> it was his house. We, you, <laughs> The kids had to navigate around the father. Today, it's the other way around. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh uh, did you want you want to hear some baby talk real quick? The kids, the kid is amazing. She uh, knows about restaurants. The other night, my wife and I were going to a restaurant. We had a babysitter in, and um, she suddenly got very you know she wanted to go to a restaurant. You know where where are you going? And it was a restaurant, and she just got very fascinated with the concept of restaurants. And anyway, she knows all about restaurants now, and she knows that. This November, she's going to a restaurant. Let me see if I have this on tape here. Listen to this, okay? I think I got it. Listen to what she says. Oops. There we go. Uh-oh. Can you fix it? Do you work? Come on, Chip. Come on, kid. Oh, might have been my mistake. I think I got the recorder out too late. Oh, here, listen to this. Tell me about the restaurant. Oh, shoot. Did I miss it? Hold on. Where are you going for Thanksgiving? Where are you going for Thanksgiving? I go to a restaurant. Did you hear that? I'm going to the restaurant with Ray. Ray is what she calls her grandfather, Raymond Kelly. She calls him by the first name. I actually think he likes it. I don't know. I, I kind of like it, too. I just it, it, they, they sound like peers somehow. It's very beautiful. All right. I got to get the hell across the street, get ready for the Newsmax show, and the great big Trump rally tonight. 
as I get ready to go, I will say goodbye to you folks. Uh, Bill in Franklin, New Jersey. Hello. How you doing? Uh, before they had fetal monitoring equipment, electronic equipment, they used to use a stethoscope, which is still around, which has no monitor, you know, nothing of it is, is electronic. And they detected the heartbeat, at, you know, since the beginning of time they had this. Yeah, just put your ear next to the next to the next to the stomach, and you'll hear a heartbeat. Right, and they can't say it's your own heartbeat. You know, you, you hear it is because the fetal heartbeat is a lot faster than a regular you you know person unless they're exercising or something. How do you know that? That's how do you know that? Well, just I was with science. You know, it's been interesting. That's very life. interesting. It is. It is faster. I didn't know that until fairly recently. Yeah. Uh, so you're right, Bill. And when Stacey Abrams says that nonsense, she is wrong. And uh, one more time. All right. Annalise didn't say too much in my tape recorder there, but this is what she sounded like at six weeks old. Cut 45. Pretty cool. Pretty cool, Bill. All right. Well, thanks for calling. You don't need a fancy sonogram. You can just stick your ear next to the stomach or the doctor's stethoscope. It's not manufactured, Stacey Abrams. What? They're still used today, the stethoscopes. They've been around forever. (laughs) Uh, They sure have. And they still wear them. You know, doctors, it's interesting. Technology has uh, come so far, but they always wear those stethoscopes when you see them at the hospital. Uh, Paul in Millbrook, New York. Hello. How you doing? Good. You, you want to hear my story real quick? I'm a I'm a veteran. I did eight years in the service. Uh, I complained about chest pains for almost a year at the VA. And, you know, they give me an EKG. They gave me some other tests. They said everything's fine. So in September, they sent me down to the Manhattan VA hospital. And, you know, I took the train and I walked there. They put two stents in my heart. After they were done with that, after telling me there's nothing wrong with me, I come back to Poughkeepsie, New York. Four days later, I'm at Vassar Hospital. They're fixing the two stents in my heart, and uh, uh, the, the VA put in. They put in two more stents, and now I'm collecting Social Security, and I'm working. But now the VA is taking my Social Security check, and the and Social Security is telling me you can't work the rest of the year, you're going to lose next year's Social Security checks. So I was just saying how good the VA is, and uh, the VA is really not that great. Damn, man, oh, man. So wait, the people up at Vassar said they put in the stents incorrectly? Yes, sir. I have a, I have a tort claim in, and I have a couple other claims in with the VA, but they're dragging, you know, they're dragging their feet. In the meantime, I have to keep working. Even though I'm starting to collect Social Security, and you know, I realized that I wasn't making enough. And Social Security said the Treasury Department's taking your money too bad, and if you keep working, you're going to lose next year's Social Security. Oh, I'm sorry, man. What do you do, by the way? I'm a livery driver for New York State Medical Transportation. All right. Uh, how can I help? I don't know if I can. That's a lot on your plate there. I'm sorry you're going through all that. Well, I mean, uh, I was just trying to point out where, you know, everybody says uh, the VA does all this good stuff. I mean, this is not I mean, actually, I'm thing. sorry, but hey, wait, I don't think too many people are saying that. The VA has had a bad rap, and 
you know, deservedly so. Although there are some great people there, and I know somebody who got some great treatment at the 23rd Street um, location. So, look, every hospital screws up from time to time. I'm sorry this happened to you, but let's face it. I haven't heard too many people give rave reviews about the VA. Hey, listen, there's the music. I got to go. Thank you very much. Trump rally tonight, 7 o'clock, carried live on Newsmax. Why did I say it like that? Newsmax sounded like uh, Don Imus in 1979. Newsmax. I'll see you tonight. I'll be back next uh, Monday, and uh, many, many thanks. Bye-bye.